Welcome everybody to the latest episode of the Noisecast. Uh, I am your host Alberto. I am here joined by my co-host Paul. Paul, say hi to everyone. Uh, hey everyone, it's good to be back. Definitely is. We've um, taken a little time off from uh, podcasting because kind of life happens. I know like we say that quite often around here, but it is what it is. Um, that being said, uh, well, I got married, so that kind of took that kind of took some time. Yeah, there you go. Like, and I was just about to jump right into that one. So, um, you know, congrats to you, Paul, and congrats to um, the missus. I'm so sorry. I'm like drawing a blank, and I don't want to say the wrong name. That's fine. Her name's her name's Amanda. In case you really care, uh, yeah, no, I definitely do care. Um, and I'm sure like our listeners listeners would like to know as well. So, uh, congrats to you and Amanda. Amanda, I am so sorry. I will remember your name the next time um, it comes up on the podcast because uh, that's what we do here, right? Um, that's what we do. <laughs> so, there's been a lot that's been going on. Um, there's been tons of news. Um, in terms of new releases, new phones, new uh, tablets, new gadgets, new cameras, pretty much all, all things new is happening uh, during this last quarter of the year. Uh, so we're going to just like really, really just kind of jump into it and get right into the nitty gritty of it. Um, so, I mean, I guess the first thing that the last thing that we spoke about, actually, you were pretty excited about the new Google Pixel 3. Um, just curious, did you ever get a chance to pick one up? I keep, I keep meaning to, and I keep like second guessing myself. It's a nice phone. And of course it has that, uh, trademark fantastic Google camera, but there's been just been a lot of issues with it. Like it has been, um, there's some RAM management issues. It only has four gigs of RAM, mm-hmm. which is just not a lot for a 2018 flagship. I know the OnePlus 60 that was just announced has 8 gigs of RAM, as does the Note 9. So 4 gigs of RAM is not a lot unless there's some great memory optimization stuff going on in the background. And unfortunately with the Pixel 3, it's being much too aggressive with the memory optimization. It's not even keeping uh, the music apps in the background. People, There's a lot of reports of Spotify closing, uh, Spotify and navigation not being able to run at the same time, hmm. and things like that. I'm kind of waiting on... I guess some of the bugs to be fixed before I pull the trigger. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, you know, this is really strange, especially coming from um, Google's flagship handset. Um, do you know if the issues are limited to just the uh, the regular version, or is it both the regular version and the XL? Um, as far as I know, it's both versions with the RAM management issue. The X, the the XL also has a weird screen a uh, speaker balancing issue where the it has the stereo speakers. That's the reason for the gigantic notch on the thing. So they say, but it's, <laughs> uh, so they say, of course. But it's not properly balanced. One speaker is noticeably quieter than the other. Right, and also yeah. I remember um, about a week or so back, um, you know, Google was taking lumps on social media because there was a weird um, bug where. Um, apps were still showing the notch even though they were switched from portrait to landscape mode um i thought was- yeah and then there's been there's been other notches just showing up sometimes like sometimes people just randomly get a notch on the bottom of the screen too <laughs> two, two notches for the price of one i guess there you go like that's a hundred percent more notches than apple's phone okay yeah 
everybody loves nachos at the moment, so we'll put a notch in your notch. There you go. Um, yeah, but that's kind of sad though. Like, um, I know, I know, um, a lot of times people, you know, have a tendency to to kind of like pile on Apple for, you know, essentially kind of half-assing their phones, um, especially with things like like RAM and and processors, but. It's weird to see um, Google, and I, I believe HTC is uh, the manu- the official manufacturer of this um, this version of the Pixel. I thought I think Google's handled everything themselves. It's just they have Foxconn producing the phones. Oh, okay. The, the, the Pixels are no longer contracted out to different companies. Okay. The Nexus six the Nexus six P was the last one that was actually contracted, like bought from another company. But it makes it even worse, truthfully, that Google can't even get their own supply chain, right? Yeah, this is like, this is a serious letdown. Um, You know, I'm not sure if you've been keeping up, but I have actually been using the Samsung Note 9. And, you know, quite honestly, like given the option of, you know, which uh, flagship Android, I mean, unless you really, really want um, vanilla Android, you know, you're probably going to have to like live with some of those glitches um so far i've actually been very uh happy and just generally pleased with the way the note 9 has been performing um i know you're an apple guy so what do you think of the note 9 as a whole using it as your daily driver um i actually enjoy it um and the truth is i don't really use it as a daily driver i tend to kind of switch so like you know if if i know that i'm going to be going like let's say i'm going out and i know i want to take pictures I'll probably carry the Note 9, which says a lot about, you know, the my now aging uh, 7 Plus. Um, you know, hands down, I think Google um, Google's camera actually is significantly better than the iPhone 7's camera. Um, and there are things I don't like, um, I, but I do got to say I do enjoy the Note 9's um, wide-angle selfie camera. Um, that's actually pretty handy, and I feel like more manufacturers should do that, uh, especially given how people use their phones. I mean, you're more likely to use a wide-angle camera for a selfie than you are, you know, these these silly portrait mode cameras. Um, I use them, but like I really have to find a use for them. I don't ever really just say, "Hey, I'm gonna switch to portrait mode and I'm gonna take portraits uh, of friends and family." Like, if anything, that's why I carry a camera with me. Well, that's the reason I'm so interested in the Pixel 3. It, again, it only has the one camera in the rear, but it's so far and above a lot of other cameras. Like what they're doing with uh, the new Top Shot mode they have where it automatically selects the, the best picture. Mm-hmm. And even the Night Sight. The, the Night Sight is mind-blowing. Yeah, from what I've seen, like um, in terms of like the, the um, image comparisons, like it absolutely is stunning to see how well it essentially processes uh, low light situations while still giving you a sharp image. Um, you know, again, there are there are certain limitations um, due to sensor size, but overall, I gotta say, like for most people, I think most people are going to be impressed, and I think most people um, probably be well served by something like that. You know, it's funny when a lot of times I hear people telling me uh, or asking me rather, you know, oh, I'm going on vacation. You know, what camera should I buy? And honestly, if they have a fairly recent flagship phone, the answer is they already have it. Um, you know, most people aren't going to really use uh, a camera with interchangeable lenses. 
Um, most people aren't going to necessarily be well served by one of these um, crazy, like, uh, I, what was it, 640 time optical zoom, um, super zoom kind of cameras. Um, it, it's, it's a weird place. Um, I think nowadays, you know, it's in terms of like everyday usage, I think your phone is pretty much the camera that you should have. Well, isn't that what kind of what photographers say a lot of times anyway? Is the best camera is the one you have with you? Yeah, no, it is true. Um, but really now, I think for most people, really the best camera period is probably your smartphone. So, you know, uh, I, I think about, you know, what how I shoot and what I do. And I find myself like not wanting to necessarily carry a camera with me as often. I do because it's kind of... I feel like it, it, it's like another appendage of mine. I can't be without it. Um, but at the same time, like there, there have been times where I've kind of reached for my Samsung Note instead of digging through my bag to um, to pull, pull out the camera. And a lot of times it just is a lot easier and you just kind of like pull it out, take a, take a snapshot, and then you kind of go about your day. So, you know, the ease of use and like just not having to worry about, um, you know, storage. Like a lot of, a lot of um, people have, like whether it's... Um, Apple's photo app and or uh, Google Photos like you know I absolutely love Google Photos I, I really can't say anything bad about it um, automatically backing up my my photos without me having to uh, essentially tell it after it's been set up I mean you know more and more there there's very little reason why I'm I, I would recommend an actual camera to someone these days especially with just how well phones are performing um Speaking of Google Photos, uh, I actually bought Google's home new Home Hub the other day, mm-hmm. and I'm I've become even more impressed by Google Photos since then because it has this smart album uh, functionality. Yep, where you can kind of tell it, hey, I want pictures of my dogs to show on this um, my hub, right? And it only picks high quality pictures, and it knows like it's my dog and everything. It just it's fantastic just seeing all these pictures I'd kind of forgotten. I had on this on the screen on my kitchen counter. Yeah, that's a, that's really cool. Um, I do, I haven't um, had a chance to play with the Google Hub, um, but I did notice that the other day just how smart I guess Google Photos is becoming. Um, you know, I've noticed the same thing. Like I, I got an alert um, asking me if I wanted to take a look at an album that uh, Google Photos had created for me of my wife's and I trip to Key West earlier in the summer. Um, and it was just fantastic. Like it, for the most part, it picked photos that I would have wanted to, to pick for this type of album. And then, you know, like a, a nice little plug that they do is that they let you, um, order a photo book right then and there. And, you know, truth be told, I'm really thinking about pulling the trigger and just getting that photo album made. Well, my, my wife and I just uploaded all our, uh, wedding photos to google photos and it gave us that option as well i'm actually seriously considering it yeah it's so cool it's like you know what it is it's um it's just the convenience factor i think really like makes it for me Uh, just knowing that um it's up there like google will take care of um you know their their ai algorithms are getting really good where they're able to tell the difference between um oh well-exposed photo versus something that might be too dark, too light, or just straight up blurry. Um, I think that just having not to think about those things when 
you know, like traditionally you'd sit here like in front of you, whatever you're using. So like in my case, it would be something like Lightroom. I would have all, all the photos in Lightroom. I'd have to go, you know, basically editing each and every one of them saying, okay, these are going to be pics. These are not pics. And then from there, exporting essentially a, a photo album to some other service that's going to print this book for me. Uh, but with Google, it's nice to know that everything's there. Like what, what, how else have you been using the um, Google hub? Cause I'm actually considering one, but I'm, I don't know how I feel about um, another screen and another thing uh, taking my data. Well, I, I like it so far. Um, I, I just bought it yesterday actually, but so far I've already watched uh, videos on how to properly cut a pineapple, which was nice to have it right there on my kitchen counter. Okay. Cause that's where we keep ours. Uh, I use it for the photo album functionality I like being able to see all the Chromecast right from from it, because and it's also going to have a smart home control feature. It's going to be rolling that out to to it, where you can uh, control all the lights in the house, control the colors of them, check to see who's at the doorbell. So far, I like it, and it has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. If you was going to buy, I don't know if I would suggest rushing out to buy it, but if you're going to buy a home anyway, or looking into the smart speakers or what have you. It's definitely the one I'd recommend. Yeah, that's interesting because like I've seen the ads for it and it looks like it has like Nest integration and like um, the Nest camera um, integration. Like I, I think that's pretty cool. I think being able to just kind of um, have everything right there, I guess, in a central place. Like so, you know, like you mentioned, you have yours in, in the kitchen. Um, maybe I, w- I would keep mine in the living room or, you know, something similar to that that effect without having to. It makes life very, um, it can make everything very convenient, especially having a central place to control things like dimmable lights and what have you. So I think that's pretty cool. It actually, and it also made me want to buy one of the video doorbell things. Ah. Because last night I was playing (laughs) with it on the kitchen counter Mm -hmm. and we got a knock at the door because we had delivered pizza. And I was like, who the crap is that at the door? (laughs) It would have been nice to just be like, okay, it's the pizza guy. Yeah, it's. I think that's pretty cool. I, I do got to say, more and more, um, I do enjoy... Um, so, like, I, I know everybody kind of knows me as kind of the Apple guy, but the truth is, like, I do enjoy Google services. And, in fact, I probably use Google services more frequently than I use anything else. Um, but that being said, I, I, do, I do enjoy, like, um, Apple's hardware. Um, and the way that they kind of keep everything integrated, it, it's obviously it makes sense because no one else is allowed to essentially make another iPhone, another MacBook, or um, or another tablet. Um, and I think like the hub is actually one of those things where Google knows exactly what people are, are there for. Like they're there because they trust Google to um, be able to control different services and kind of keep things all kind of streamlined um i think the the hub is actually a a very um good looking piece of hardware which is you know one of those compliments i don't really extend to google very often um and mostly because they they just kind of they play it safe i think maybe a little too safe in terms of uh design but um yeah it's it's definitely a pretty cool device i'm really considering it um and, you know, truth be told, I've never considered, you know, Apple's home speaker thing. I don't even know the name of it. I think it's called HomePod. The HomePod. Yeah, no, I'm never going to look at it. <laughs> I have yet to see anyone say, I, 
I'm going to go purchase a HomePod. I've heard people say I want to purchase Alexa or Google Home. Like, yeah, like Apple got, go ahead. Apple got in way too late in the game on that one. Just, uh, you know what? I don't even know if, if it's way too late in the game. I, I don't think it was thought out well. Um, you know, it, it's just like it. I, I Apple never really does anything kind of before anyone else. They're you know they they kind of take a good idea and improve on it. Um, and I think that was the, I, I want to give them the benefit of doubt and say that that was the intent, but they never put much thought into it other than, I want to say maybe like a little, um, you know, stockholder pressure, you know, the Alexa was getting, becoming very popular with the, uh, the echo, the echo dot, um, Google had, um, Google home that really took off. Um, and then there's the Google home mini, right? Like that's the, the smaller speaker. It is. That's correct. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I think it was more reactionary and that's not, that's never a good place to be when Apple does anything in response to something. It tends to be a flop. Um, case in point, the Motorola rocker, if you, if you remember that one. That, I do not remember that one. The Motorola rocker was the first official um, phone that could play iTunes music. So it was. I, I yeah, I did not know that. Yep, um, that that's a throwback. So that's a little bit of a deep cut. Um, and again, it, it was that was a reactionary move. It was a stopgap between really doing a phone and you know essentially allowing people to use iTunes on a phone, which was the biggest gripe at the time. Um, you know, this is back when feature phones were all the rage. Um, so people wanted. An iPhone, they, well, people wanted an iPhone that didn't exist yet, but at the time, all they were asking for was a, a phone that can also double as an iPod. So, yeah, it didn't work out too well. <laughs> but speaking of Apple and hardware, did you did you check out the uh, event the other day where they announced the new MacBook Air? So, unfortunately, I was not officially invited, and um, I just want to say Apple, like, Send us an invite from time to time. I promise we'll be there. We'll behave. Um, but it was actually um, held in, not too far from me, actually. It's it's in my old neighborhood. Um, it was held in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. Um, and you would swear that the Pope was in town because they closed off uh, train stations, roads, and everything. Um, wow. Yeah, it was, it was super serious. It started from like the night before. Um, I, I had to make a target run and I just so happened to, um, have to do a 10 minute drive around because they had started closing off the streets that, you know, led, led to where I was going. Um, but in terms of the actual event, I got to say, um, Apple did some, I think they, they, I think they, they answered a lot of questions. I know for at least the better part of two years, people have been, um, either lamenting or preparing themselves for the death of the Mac Mini. Um, for you know, in case you didn't know, the last time the Mac Mini was updated was in 2014. All right, so that's you know they were selling a essentially a four-year-old computer, um, you know, for 500 bucks. It's you know it, it's it was asking for a lot. Given that you know where we where we were technology wise in 2014 versus where we are today, um, yeah, that's outrageous. Yeah, it's it's insane. 
I mean, that's kind of like if you could imagine um, basically that if you wanted any kind of computer, you, your options were whatever mid-range uh, PC Acer made in 2014. That's essentially what the Mac Mini was. Um, some people were just flat out calling for it to be killed um, because they were just like, oh, you know, you can't really do much with it. Um, it's kind of a, a middle of the road, not really a Mac Mac. Um, and then other people were just like really, really hoping for, um, a significant, um, bump, like spec bump. I, I think Apple kind of did something, not quite what people who love the mini wanted, but at the same time, it, I think it puts to rest this idea that, um, the Mac mini is kind of, uh, end of life. You know, um, the Mac Mini has a few more years years on it. Uh, in terms of uh, just technology that they put into it, um, again, it's not the it's not the fastest um, Mac. It's not the cheapest Mac anymore um, because if you get anything decent, you're kind of in the neighborhood of your entry level iMac. Um, and this is something that I really hate that Apple keeps doing, which is they'll make something that you might want to buy but that they make it so close to another product that you're just like, well, I didn't want to spend that much money for. And that's kind of where, where the Mac mini is now. Um, but in terms of just what you're getting, the, you know, the, they upgraded um, the ports. So now you have USB-C ports, you have your uh, traditional USB-A 3.0 ports. And um, I believe there's a, H yes, there is a HDMI port in the back as well. So, uh, theoretically, you could connect up to three screens running uh, DCI 4K in each of them. Like that's like the the basic output for it, uh, which is impressive. Um, how will it handle three screens running at the same time with say like Photoshop or some video editing software? I can't tell you. I personally, I would not put my trust um, in a Mac Mini if that's what. I was doing for a living. If that was my bread and butter machine, I'm just going to spend more money just because I can't chance, you know, getting something that's going to blow up. That's going to not be able to handle stuff. That's going to run sluggish. Like, you know, working, working is, is stressful enough. I don't think your, your devices should make that more stressful. Yeah, you never want to have to worry about a machine crash. And I've had that I've had that happen before. It is literally the worst. Yeah, it's it's like I, I feel like we're, it's 2018. We shouldn't, you know, have to make those types of, of compromises. Um, you know, like in again, you know, in terms of um, storage, it's kind of, eh. you know, like they have they have up to two terabytes of uh, storage available. They could do better. Um, it's all solid state storage, but again, you could do better. Like I've seen that, you know. What's what's flash storage really going for these days? It's not expensive, and this is what you know. In my opinion, um, becomes a problem for uh, Apple because it's just like, well, now people are kind of like, yeah, I, I think people are are moving past just buying Apple for the sake of buying Apple. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not sold on the mini. I think it's I think that there's some like. There's definitely some stuff there, but there's definitely, you know, it's just too, it's too pricey. It's a 60% increase for the entry model um, alone. 
that's going to really be a turnoff for the people who would have initially been looking at at an Apple. Um, I'm sorry, the Mac Mini. Um, the next big announcement was uh, the introduction of a new MacBook Air. Now, this one, I got excited about that one. I really was looking forward to um, an update to the MacBook Air. Um, I have not stopped using my MacBook Air. Like, I have a 2012 MacBook Air that I um, put new um new a uh, new storage chip to it so it went from uh i believe it was a 256 um gigabyte storage um out the box and i think that was like the the most you could get at the time um and then i upgraded that to a terabyte you know like i i i was not going to let this thing go and the truth is that the only thing the only issue i had with it was that it didn't have a retina display and, you know, again, I totally get it. Uh, coming from, like, the, the PC world, like, that retina display seems, a, you know, it's just kind of, eh. It's, again, it's just, like, there's so many other um, companies that are, like, putting full, you know, full HD displays on laptops. Um, but for me, the fact that it, it just, it weighed nothing. Like, literally just being able to, like, throw it in a bag and... and like I think I have like I think my flash is more is heavier than than my my laptop. So, you know, given given what the options were available at the time, you know, it made sense. Um I'm happy to see it again. Um but I think I think it's just like I, I, the big thing, okay, so let, let's get something out out of the way now. Um Apple announced their T2 security chip. It's what makes everything um you know, it's basically what's going to keep all your personal information um, from being like hacked into. Um, there was a thing in the in the news recently that um, they realized that Apple has this thing where when you close the lid on the new MacBook Air, um, it physically disconnects the microphone, so no one can kind of um, you know spy on you while while you know the the computer is closed. Um, I, I totally get it. I totally get this whole idea of security. I totally understand why everybody needs to um, take security uh, more seriously than they do. Um, but there's a big caveat with the T2 chip. And that basically is that if something goes wrong with your device, you can only take it to an Apple certified repair shop. So it's either your Apple store or a local repair shop that has gone through the hoops to become Apple certified. Um, living in New York, that's not a big deal. You know, we have plenty of Apple stores to choose from. There are more than, I, I want to say there are at least three um, repair chains that I know of that are Apple certified. Um, but then you run into a problem where if you don't live in New York City, like how, how likely is it that you'll find an Apple store or a certified repair shop. Yeah, not uh, everyone lives in a city. So right. Right. I mean, leaves a lot of people behind. Yeah, it, it's a whole lot of people behind, and you know, it, it's. I also have serious, serious um, problems with any company telling you that you're not allowed to make your own repairs. Um, so, if it, the reason why I kind of broke down how my how I'm using my MacBook Air from 2012. Like I was able to open up my laptop that I paid for by 
a better um, storage module and install it myself. Like, if I were to do that on one of these new um, new machines, I pretty much would brick my brick my machine. You know, there's no going back from it. I would have to take it to an Apple store. They would have to essentially unlock it. And of course, if I did something that they didn't like, I pretty much void my warranty. I mean, it's not, it sucks. Unfortunately, that's just the trend in general. Even my laptop, it's a couple years old. It's an HP machine. I, if I even tried to, just, if I even tried to repair it myself, I would end up breaking something because it's so thin. Mm-hmm. And I know Microsoft's new Surface laptop actually got a, a zero score on iFixit because it's so impossible to do anything yourself. Yeah. It's just the way things are going. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's a shame. And you know what? And I, like, that's why I, I really stress to people, you know, I, I again, totally understand the security, um, the security issues. You know, they're using the Touch ID sensor for the new MacBook Airs. Obviously, you know, credit card information, uh, getting into your, your computer by itself is going to, is controlled through that. Um, I totally understand that. And I totally understand why Apple would not want to essentially compromise the security of the touch ID system. Um, but also, you know, as a consumer, I feel I have a right to repair my own product. If I feel comfortable and confident in doing so, like why, why, why would I not do it? Um, and I get it. I'm not the I'm not the majority. Most people are not going to go and pop open their their laptop that they spent you know, uh, you know fifteen hundred two thousand dollars on. But at the end of the day, it's one of those things where I want the right to repair my own stuff. It's like could, if you could if you could imagine uh, you drive a Ford, right? Um, right, Paul. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Sorry, I, I forgot that. That's kind of a it's a hot button issue these days. But you that's a sore subject. Like Ford as a whole just pisses me off at the moment. Like, <laughs> well, I've, I've I've dealt with them so much in this past month. Well, imagine if you caught a flat on the road, and you go to you go to the back, and you're gonna sw- switch out your tire. But you're not using a Ford tire. You know, you're not using one of their approved tires. Like now, Ford doesn't make the tires, or even, or let's say even the wheel. It's a third-party wheel. But because Ford didn't approve it, your car will no longer turn on. That's essentially well, that, what we have. Wasn't there just a to. big court case about that with John Deere losing? Because John Deere was uh, voiding people's warranties. If they had tried to do anything themselves. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, what was it? Last month, uh, and actually, they they settled out, and it's not really so much a loss for John Deere as it was like a huge win for John Deere. So they pretty much get to do that, but they get to do that with tractors. And you know, it may sound it may sound silly because a lot of times we think of tractors as oh, you know, like here, like here's like the 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 farmer with this little like lawnmower type machine. I don't think people realize that most tractors are six-figure investments. Yeah, uh, tractors can cost more than most houses. Easily, easily. And imagine if you know you needed to change something as simple as spark plugs. 
but because you, John Deere didn't come in and do it for you, your your whole tractor, the thing that essentially brings you know food to your table, is not working anymore. Um, so it's not that bad, uh, but it's not much better. Um, I'll make sure to like dig up that article. It's a really good article about um, how the farmers' union essentially sold out um, their constituents for uh, to John Deere. Um, you know, basically, John Deere promises that they're going to give some money back to uh, the farm. You know, the farm workers' association. And it's just like, okay, so you know, they're still unable to make their own repairs, but. Somebody gets a, a a little bit of the pie, I guess. Somebody just gets a little bit of the uh, cash off the top. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a shame. So it's one of those things that you know I really urge listeners to just kind of you know I know there's a million other things right now that are far more pressing than um, you know your electronics, but still you should be aware. You know, definitely check out um, eff.org. Um, and look at some of the issues that, that they're um, fighting for. A lot of them, the Electronic uh, Frontier Foundation actually works really hard to make sure that the internet, that uh, a lot of our um, things like our data and privacy, that these things are, are top issues for the people who make laws and regulations. Um, I know everybody might have differing opinions as to how much say the government should have, but you know, really, really take some time and, and learn about these things, mostly because um, it, it's a, the world is changing faster than the laws are, and it's very scary. The laws are ill-equipped to handle our, our technological age. Absolutely. I mean, everything from, you know, free speech to privacy to, you know, if one day the law, you know, like if one day, let's say Adobe says anything that you make with their software belongs to Adobe. It's just like, you know, this is, this is, I'm not saying this is where we're headed, but it's not a hard, it's not a big jump. You know, like we're, we're moving further and further away from owning the things that we buy. And that's, I think something that everybody should really kind of take a moment and really get to understand. But what I find especially interesting about uh, owning the things you buy is the push towards 5G. Because um, five, like 5G technology is coming in a few years. Oh, yeah. And goes to mobile communication. Yep. And it's going to, it could potentially revolutionize things the same way that 4G has. Like just thinking about the fact that uh, how much a difference 4G has made even a few years ago. Like watching Netflix on my phone, mm-hmm. everything I do on my phone thinking about uh, 5G coming along with the Internet of Things kind of becomes te- more terrifying. I keep seeing more and more Internet-connected devices. I saw an Internet-connected crockpot at work the other day. And my first <laughs> thought was, who's making sure that that's uh, encrypted? It's just a crockpot in this case. But like if it's a thermostat or a water heater or everything, that information's probably being sold off to the highest bidder. Absolutely. And, you know, here's something that people also need to be aware of. Um, So CNET had this really good article, uh, I want to say like about two weeks ago, maybe a week ago, um, where, you know, they're talking about all the great things that 5G uh, will be able to do, but also some not so great things. So um, we're getting to a point where 
you know, do you do you remember? Um, did you ever see Minority Report? I say this to the guy who had a podcast about movies. Sorry. So, did you see a Minority Report? <laughs> I do remember Minority Report. I especially remember those creepy ads that he had as he was walking down. Hello, whatever his name was, and they would talk to start talking to him. Yep. So now there, this is this is the power of what five G can potentially do. They're saying that it's very very likely that people will you know will start making content according to how you're interacting with your device. So say, for example, um, let's say I, I like really bad action movies. And the thing I like is the over-the-top stuff, like once, you know, the car chases, the blowing up, you know, like the shootouts, all that stuff. I, I love it. So what would happen if, you know, you're no longer putting commercials on, you know, the, in the traditional sense, where you're, you know, there's a pause, you're being advertised to, um, you know, that ends, and then you go back into into the movie because you're, you know, you're you're change, you're you're not paying attention, you know, you're you're like, all right, commercials, I'm zoning out somewhere else. So essentially, you can take the person's actions, like you you you're holding the phone up, say eye level. Um, the phone has a gyroscope. It tells. It, can pretty much kind of calculate how the phone is being used, the angle it's being looked at, you know, uh, how often you're holding it, uh, things like that. And then it takes all that information and sends it back to your carrier who then would sell this information to someone who would want to advertise to you. So they start making content specifically to keep you more and more engaged with your phone. Now, Sounds good until you realize that, you know, you're not the only person looking at your phone. I I think about my nephew. I have a three-year-old nephew and he already understands that anything that looks like a little button on a screen needs to be pushed. He knows what skip ad looks like. So what happens when, you know, you're, you no longer know what it's, there are no longer any ads to skip. Everything is essentially becoming an ad. You know, there's a reason why um, ads are regulated in, you know, their laws to advertisements. You can't just um, advertise without impunity. Um, I don't know if anyone, I I don't know if you've looked at like children's television anytime um, recently, but ads have a little disclaimer at the bottom that say, um, for example, uh, doll doesn't move by itself. Like the reason why it has to say that is because there's an understanding that children up to a certain age won't be able to distinguish between um, what's actually what a product can actually do and when they're being advertised to. Now, what happens when that's part of your show? What happens when uh, you start making content specifically to get people to interact with their device and therefore the content that you're showing them? So as we were talking, as we were saying, with 5G, you know, all of this uh, data transfer is happening in real time. So they're building profiles for you as you're watching. Um, and obviously there's going to be, uh, there's going to be a, an, there's essentially positive reinforcement to advertisers, content makers to continually engage you in a way where 
um, you're not going to put it, put your phone down where you're not going to take your attention away from it. You're going to, it's essentially, you are no longer you, you are now essentially giving views, I guess, to, to advertisement. It's, that is our soul becoming our sole goal to, uh, buy and consume it's like the movie from the 80s with john carpenter they live yeah yeah exactly exactly it's interesting seeing it happen in real time because it's when you watch things like that as a youngster you're like that's so far-fetched and it's it's so on the nose and it's so obnoxious and then you become an adult and you start seeing how things are kind of moving towards that yeah, it's it's super it's super creepy, man. It's um it's not anything that like that's not the future I want to live in. You know, it's like I I, I we we run this te- tech podcast. We clearly are people who love technology, who love our gadgets, who love just kind of being um I, I don't want to say consumed by, but we definitely love having access to these things, you know. Google is the the fact that Google search became a verb should tell you that you know we're more than we're more than happy with having the um, the potential to have so much information at our fingertips. But at the same time, I I don't need to have all my stuff watching me. You know I I don't need well, even- um, I don't. Well, yeah, what scares me even more is not the fact that I'm going to get sold ads to. It's like with a Facebook Cambridge Analytica thing, it's about how it's going to be used to manipulate me as exactly. opposed to sell me things. Exactly. And, you know, and I guess that's, that's the, that's the, you know, that's the scary times that we live in because, you know, it, it's, it's becoming more and more evident that even the people who made these platforms, like, for example, Facebook, you know, keeps saying, oh, we had no idea people would use this, you know, data for this. And it's just like, well, why didn't you? Like, I don't know in what world you have to live in to assume that you're going to essentially give people the keys to others' personal lives and not expect them to take advantage of that. Exactly. Like, you know, it's, it's a sad state of affairs. Um, speaking of sad state of affairs, um, I just have to make mention of this. Um, it's this is kind of the weirdest bit of news um, that I've gotten um, recently. And actually, you, you're the one who who uh, brought it to the forefront. Um, Chinese camera lens manufacturer. They really make accessories. Uh, it's called uh, oh, I, I hate pronouncing this name. It, I believe it's Young Nuo. Young Nuo. Uh, I could never pronounce that. Um, but they they just announced that they're in. They've made a mirrorless camera that runs Android. So it has like uh, it's a camera with Android running on it. Um, it features a four thirds uh, sensor. Uh, not to be confused with the micro four third sensor, um, and super super weird is the fact that it uses a Canon EF mount for the lens system, so you can like um, change lenses. And if you have a Canon camera, you could potentially use all your Canon lenses with this weird um, Android mirrorless camera. Um, as you can imagine, like details are super super 
uh, slim in terms of what uh, what type of uh, like for example they're saying Android seven point one is going to be the operating system. Like, are, aren't we up to like nine? We are, and I can but I can kind of say why they would be behind though, because that would have been that's probably the current Android system when they started developing it, and it'd probably be hard to optimize all the camera functions for each new version of Android. Because that mm-hmm. isn't something you would buy and necessarily want to update the OS on. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely, um, I could definitely see that. Um, so, just uh, from Petapixel, these are these are the specs. Um, the camera has a 16 megapixel four third sensor, a Qualcomm eight core processor running Android 7.1. It'll have three gigabytes of RAM and 32 gigabytes of storage. It's also going to have, um, I imagine, a micro SD slot. Uh, for up to 32 gigs of expandable storage. Um, so, oh, and the display is going to be a 5-inch uh, 1080p multi-touch display. So beyond those things, you can expect uh, GPS. Again, this is kind of an oddball thing. Uh, stereo mic, 3.5-millimeter uh, three, uh, three headphone jack, dual LED flashes, and a 4,000... Oh man, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Four thousand uh, mega amp uh, battery, so it's kind of like it's almost like having a Note Five. It really is. I didn't. I saw it and I saw it was announced with Android. I didn't know it was had all the phone. Seemed to have all the phone functionality too, like a headphone jack. Yeah, yeah. There's a headphone jack. Like, um, and this is like, and for you know, for for people who don't really follow photography and like uh, all the different manufacturers. Like I found it super weird that you know they're running this four third sensor, uh, you know, sixty megapixel four third sensor is kind of like what you'd expect from a, a four third sensor. Like the you can maybe get a twenty megapixel sensor out of that that four thirds format um, again because physics. Um, but it was just weird that they're using Canon lenses, and I'm gonna assume. That the reason for that is because uh, Young Nuo makes um, a lens specifically for Canon cameras. They, so they probably, they probably do. They probably make. You said they were accessory manufacturers, so they probably have other accessories too as well. Yeah, like I know they make. Um, they make these kind of like. Um, I know they make a flash. I know they make um, these kind of like lens mount adapters, so you can kind of adapt uh, lenses from one system to another. Um, and really they're known for kind of like, you know, like not poorly made, but definitely cheaper options. So for example, like if you wanted their uh, Canon, uh, their Canon flash, like it'll work on your Canon camera, but unlike the Canon version of that flash, you're not spending 300 bucks for it. You're spending maybe a hundred. I, I can see a potential use case for the Android OS on it. Like, the fact of being able to upload your storage to Google Photos or your photos to Google Photos automatically or something like that in full resolution would be nice. I would. I'm just curious as to the longevity of the camera itself, though, because you said it yeah. had a four, you said it had a four thousand milliamp battery. So if, yeah, if, if that's non-user replaceable, that battery is going to degrade over in a couple years. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where I'm very curious to see like the actual details of it. Um, just because, you know, this is 
this is weird. You know, like I, it's, I don't, I don't get to say that very often about cameras, but this sucker is weird. Like there's nothing about it that says, Oh, this is, yeah. Like this is totally another camera and you should take a look at it. Like I will tell you from now, I probably could not recommend this camera, not for any of its abilities as a camera, but just because of the Android operating system. And I'll give you a good example. Um, years ago, Samsung um, was in the camera business. Uh, full disclosure, I was one of their brand ambassadors at the time. Um, not when they launched the this particular camera, the Samsung Galaxy NX. But one of the things that they, you know, one of the biggest problems that users of that camera ran into was that the OS was left so far behind and there was very little that they could do in terms of, um, you know, getting the, the necessary upgrades. So as you know, what happens is the, the software is only as good as the applications that run on it. And after maybe a generation or two, you're not going to see support for some of the core functionality. So, you know, maybe with this release, Google Photos might work or maybe um, Dropbox or whatever cloud storage solution you might go for. But there's no guarantee that they're going to always support Android 7.1. And as far as like what's been reported on the YN450, there's no real roadmap as to are they going to support you know, newer versions of Android. So this this is one of those, like, this is such an oddball. I, I just can't, I can't in good faith recommend it to anyone. Well, that kind of puts an end date on the camera too. Like, you know, it's only going to be used for a couple of years. Well, if you buy a nice, uh, just regular Canon DSLR, that thing will be good, still be up and running, taking fo- good photos 10 years down the road, potentially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's just like until we stop making SD cards and SD card readers, I'm pretty sure any traditional camera that you buy now would be perfectly usable for the next 10 years. You know, but I don't know, man, that's weird. And I I guess we're just going to we're going to leave this episode with that head scratcher. I Um, saw that and I instantly I saw that today because I was just around uh, screwing around on the internet today and I saw that and I almost instantly sent it to you just because it was so weird. Yeah, no, it's it's like, um, this is, it's just strange. I mean, look, if you guys want to mess around with a, a, a real Android camera, I mean, there you go. Um, I will tell you right now that if it costs anywhere near as much as that um, Samsung Galaxy NX, I'm going to tell you you're better off buying the original Galaxy NX at 660 about dollars on uh, eBay instead of, you know, taking a chance on this. At the very least, I can tell you that you you can actually get an SD card, a full-size SD card onto that camera and you'll still be taking fantastic photos. You just won't I, be using any of the Android stuff. I bet my entire pay, next paycheck that thing would cost more than six hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure too. Um, but yeah, I, I just mm, no, nah, I can't do it, man. I cannot do it. This is just it's just a weird it's a weirdo. Um, and I'm definitely gonna make sure to include that in the show notes if you guys want to check it out. Maybe you um, definitely maybe take a look at it. Question review unit. <laughs> you know that's not a bad idea. 
I'll definitely um, reach out to them. And, you know, if somebody out there has a connect with uh, Young Nuo, let me know. Um, we'll definitely like to, uh, we definitely want to have that conversation, you know, send us, um, send us a tip. Uh, you can send it to noisecast at thenoisecast.com. Um, Paul, you got anything else? I don't. I, th- I think that's about it for me. Uh, we ended on a very weird note tonight. Yeah, we sure did. But you know what? Um, we're not going to end it on that note necessarily. That's the last news item. Um, there are some things happening at the Noisecast that I'm very happy to share with everyone. Uh, first, I just got to shout out um, Melissa, um, a.k.a. at OK so Mickey on Twitter. Uh, she is the artist who designed our new logo. So if you've uh, checked out our Facebook page, um, you know you'll notice that we have a new logo up. Um, it's cleaner. It's it's um, it's brighter. Um, you know we love the old logo, but I, I think it was time that we we went um, with something new and tried something out. So we you know thank you, Melissa. You did a fantastic job. Um, if you have any, you know, any need for a graphic artist, a, a graphic designer, definitely um, hit her up at OK So Mickey. That's O K S O M I K K I on Twitter. Um, also, just gotta uh, make another quick announcement. Uh, just want to welcome, officially welcome, Shanae Flowers. She's our newest writer on thenoisecast.com. Uh, she's going to be taking. Uh, she's going to be writing about uh, anime, manga, and other pop culture stuff. So you know you have some company, Paul. Well, that's awesome. Any chance of getting her on the podcast? Um, I think so. Um, we're gonna we're gonna work that out and see like how you know how how um, I'm sorry, like how schedules uh, kind of align, and maybe we can all three of us jump in on, on at one point. That's so cool. that'll be cool. I'm a big fan of tech, but I'm also a big fan of anime, so that could be fun. Yeah, awesome. Like, I'll, I'll sit back and I'll, I'll let you guys kind of uh, take the lead on that one. I, I'm, a little, I'm a little out the loop there. So before we wrap up, Paul, um, once again, congratulations to you and Amanda. Thank you. You're very welcome. And just uh, let everybody know where they can find you. I'm on Twitter, at Paul. If you'd ever like me on your show to talk about tech or... Just, just want to talk about tech with me? Just hit me on Twitter. Awesome, and be sure to um, like and subscribe. We are on Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, and everywhere else. Uh, make sure to subscribe on Podbean. Uh, we're also on the Google uh, Play Music. Is that what it is? Is that official? What it is? Google. I think it's we're Google on Google Podcast. Play. I split off. It, I split off the podcast. There's Google Podcast now. Ah, okay. So there you go. It's Google Podcasts. Um, we're on there. I know that for a fact because I still get the emails. Um, <laughs> but no, you could uh, make sure to like and subscribe. Um, definitely like you know refer people to us. Um, if you you know if you have any friends who don't know what podcasts are, let them know. Give them you know send them to us. We'll take care of them. Um, thanks again for listening. We look forward to chatting with you guys in a couple of weeks. Peace.